What's up, Red Letter Disciple? I am Zach Zender, privileged to co-host this podcast with my good friend Chris Johnson, who will join us in a couple of minutes. But hey, this podcast, our desire, our mission really is to challenge everyday disciples to be the great, the greatest disciples of Jesus that they can possibly be. We believe that when all of us step up into the calling to be the great disciples, and we are the great disciples of Jesus, that we show the world who Jesus really is, and that's ultimately what's going to change the world. So glad you're back with us. It's the final week in a mini-series here in Season 5. Season 5 is going to keep going for quite some weeks, but we've spent four weeks in a row talking about how to disciple Gen Z. And today's episode, like it was one of the most eye-opening episodes of Season 5, for sure for me. We welcome Vanessa Lane onto the podcast, and Vanessa co-founded Better Play Studios, an organization that seeks to create video games that have a positive impact on mental health. I know what you're thinking. Video games, positive impact on mental health? Uh Uh-uh, that's not what I've heard. Well, after talking with Vanessa, I wonder if the gaming industry could be just one of the biggest missed opportunities thus far for churches and disciples in general for older generations that we've missed. And so I'm really excited to have this eye-opening conversation with Vanessa today. I guarantee you it's probably one you've never heard anywhere else. So today's episode is sponsored by Red Letter Living. We create resources that challenge all people to be greater disciples of Jesus. And we have a brand new one. It's a free one that is meant for you. What do you mean you? That's you, anybody, you. It's a free spiritual gift quiz. Every disciple of Jesus, we believe, is gifted, and it has a spiritual gift that is meant to serve the church and ultimately to serve Jesus. But do you know how you are uniquely wired to serve God and His church? That's what this free spiritual gift test will help you discover. Uh, Not long ago, I took about five, six, seven tests online, spiritual gift tests, and I realized that all of these are like the same, like they're using the same questions. It hadn't been reinvented for a while, even though in the last 20 to 25 years, the world is drastically different. So we did our best at Red Letter to take some of what has worked in the past and some of those same questions, but also added some new things to come up with a test that will identify how are you uniquely gifted. And so you can take that free spiritual gift test. It'll take about 15 to 20 minutes at this link spiritualgifts.me spiritualgifts.me discover how you're gifted and well come on let's put the gift to use so hey today's episode is going to be great so one more thing before we get there if red letter disciple is a podcast that you listen to on the regular or if it's helped you at all in your faith to be a greater disciple of jesus would you do us the honor of subscribing or following on whatever platform you use. And if you're already doing that, taking the extra, I don't know, 90 seconds to write a quick review. And that really does mean the world. It really helps our podcast stand out in a world filled with a lot of podcasts. So without further ado, let's do this. Well, on the Red Letter Disciple today, we're going to have a good time, Chris. We're bringing Vanessa Lane onto the show today. Vanessa grew up in a household full of investors. That's and good that she grew up in a household. <laughs> of course it is. I mean, she wasn't out in the wild foraging <laughs> for pecans or something. Well, yeah. maybe she was. We don't yeah. know. All right. But she learned how to build businesses from a young age. She's currently residing in Michigan and the co-founder and COO of Better Play Studios. And this is what intrigued me. Mm. It's an organization that creates video games that deliver, listen to this, Chris, mm. positive mental health experiences. Huh. 
So I want to talk about that because I see that in our little Gen Z mini series. I see gaming and video games such a huge part of that. And I think there might be some things we can all learn today. So Vanessa Lane, welcome to the Red Letter Disciple. How are we doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing awesome. Awesome. Happy to talk to you guys. Well, and, you know, and being a parent uh, of two kids, one just like would play video games 24 <laughs> seven. The other one doesn't really care much about them. But like as a parent, I feel like we're always and you can say this. Yeah. Right? We're always watching our kids screen time and it's a constant oh, yeah. battle and mm-hmm. put your iPads down. You stop playing Fortnite. That's what he sounds like. Um, but not me. Uh, I have a much more pleasant parenting voice. But the point okay. is, um, it would be nice if there was actually something on the screens yeah. that w- was was helping them with mental health and yeah. this kind of stuff, right? And we're going to get into that. Oh, we're gonna, we're can I jump into soon? Did I get yeah, into I want to. Soon? I want to just get a little of the backstory before we get right <sighs> in, Chris. All right, because Vanessa, right? You your path didn't start in like finding founding a video game company. <laughs> you <laughs> went to school. Actually, we share the same alma mater, Concordia University, Wisconsin. Go Falcons! Ooh, yeah. But you were of, studying Falcons in Wisconsin, is it? Yeah, exactly. You were to be a teacher, right? And spend mm-hmm. some time teaching first. So, so how did yeah. you get to where you are today? Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll be totally honest. Like my my faith story is super boring. Um, I grew up in a household like um, like you said. Um, my dad's an entrepreneur and um, an investor, wealth management. He's um, sold a few companies, and um, and and to this day, we we continue to collaborate. Um, you know, in, in the business world, and that's been um, immensely helpful. And and also, it's just he's he's honestly one of my best friends, and so cool. I really um, enjoy working with my dad. And man, I almost got a little misty saying that. Oh. Um, but um, my mom's a teacher, and um, and I just I grew up with um, with my parents being uh, really great um, examples of just like how to live the Christian life. So my dad being in the secular world, my mom teaching at the Lutheran school I attended, and they just they were just great at it, and they're just really generous people. So I think. I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't acknowledge that because um, it was just like a very pleasant um, upbringing. And, you know, we, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We were always um, in the community. Um, my mom taught at a, a kind of a, a school on the south side of Milwaukee that, um, you know, it's kind of a tougher, tougher crowd. And, um, you know, learned a lot that way. And um, my dad was always involved in like the art community and, you know, stuff like that. So I saw like, um, you know, secular culture and, you know, the, the Christian culture too. Um, so then I thought, you know, my whole life, I really thought God was calling me to be a missionary and that, you know, from the time I was like a small child, even into my time at Concordia, I really thought that's where I was going to go. And then, um, did some did some overseas mission trips, some longer term ones. Uh, taught uh, English in China for a little bit, uh, in Macau and Hong Kong for a class yeah. with Dr. Firetog, of course. And um, and you know, really at that time, um, I was dating my now husband, and we both were like, you know, we really feel this call to stay in the states. Like, you know, he was going to be a church planter, and I was like, yeah, you know, I really just feel, you know, like incarnational ministry is something I'm passionate about to this day. It's like the most important thing I could do. So, um, so I ended up becoming a teacher and I taught middle school like my mom for six years loved it loved every <laughs> second of it eighth grade is like my sweet spot like really oh the tomfoolery yeah the tomfoolery like the, the just the nonsense like the nonsense that they come to school with I'm here for um I love that they have like one foot in childhood one foot in adulthood um, and I really think if a kid is like kind of going down a bad path or like just needs extra support, it's, yeah. um, you know, it kind of feels early enough to, you know, steer them, steer them right. Um, and it's a really pivotal time, you know, for a lot of kids as they're experiencing yeah. a lot of change. And 
um, just trying to help them um, make sense of the world, you know, before them. So that's like a little bit about my background. Um, another important thing I would say is my husband's a pastor, and yeah. I usually don't I usually don't lead with that unless I'm talking <laughs> to other Christians because like no offense, guys, but yeah. when I lived in Seattle, like no one like no one's a Christian there. I mean that's not that's not entirely true, but the the crowds I was hanging out with, like I would be the only Christian, and then I would be like, oh yeah, my husband's a pastor, and then you know you could you could hear you could hear people getting uptight, and, and then I never got invited back to another dinner party. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or like they stop swearing around you. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like just be yourself. You know. Yeah. So um so I try. Usually I don't lead with that, but um but you know I really do feel like a partner in my husband's ministry and and right now. Well, I should say we um he went to seminary in St. Louis and um you know. Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Denver, Colorado is where he did his vicarage. I taught there. And then, um, you know, I was you know, serving schools in, in St. Louis and um, then Seattle for about five years. And then now here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where we serve uh, University of Michigan students. And I got to say, I love it. Like they're, they're a little wild, but it is, it's a good time and, yeah. you know, really smart group of people. And, um, you know, my church now, it's like, you, you can't leave the church pew without like, I'll, I'll bump into five engineers like on my way, just like to the mm. narthex. I mean, it's like a really different, um, different kind of congregational makeup, and it's been really, it's been really cool. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. And there's good vibes at Michigan. When we're recording, yeah. it's preseason. When this airs, it will be a few a few games into it. But they're they're yeah. ranked number one going into the Michigan. Michigan's yeah. not ranked number one. Michigan's they're, they're, top, they're you know I don't know where they're at right now. Um, but I know they're, that they've got some. No, 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 no. they're not number one, but they are in the top five, Zachary. Anyway, yeah. So good vibes mm-hmm. in Michigan. And by the way, this just yeah. proves like all of us are wired differently because like mm-hmm. you love eighth grade ministry and like that middle school ministry. And I've tried many things as pastor in ministry, and I think the hardest time season I had was when they had me lead confirmation at holy cross yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for uh two years for two I weeks like, I just and then can't. we got them right out of i yeah. i just get too you know? angry well it, it does yeah. i i will say this i love i right now so i've been in youth ministry for like 20 years and mm-hmm. for the last um few years i've been teaching theology at our high school and i really love like freshmen yeah. through seniors and then i get an eighth grade or a sixth grade class and I feel like I'm just doing like discipline the whole time. And like, well, I can't do this. Maybe yeah. it's because I'm 50 and I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's like that. It's like that. But I mean, I, you know, to be honest, like I did burn out. So like, you know, that's why we're here, right? Like I burned out in 20 years. So like, I don't want to like, I don't want to be like the, I love you know, it so like, much. I'm not doing it anymore. Right? It's like, I love it. But, um, you know, truth be told, if I'm being, if I'm being totally honest, um, and this is this is hard to say, but like the combination of like the teacher pastor thing, um, yeah. just I'm a type A personality. Um, my husband is also like career driven, not as type A as I am. And we're great partners and really great. Honestly, we have a great marital friendship, but um, it was a lot for us. And um, I just completely like burned out and then just needed to change. And so then um, I ended up you know, when Marcus took the call uh, here to Ann Arbor. Um, that's when I started my master's in computer science. So I actually just graduated with a with a master's degree in a, it's like an applied computer science degree, um, computer wow. information systems uh, from Boston University. Yeah. So like honestly, it was it was really tough. Like they they grade really hard. Like look it up. They grade harder than Harvard. You heard it here. Like huh. it's, it was tough. Yeah. So wow. um you know made it made it through that and and I really felt like I needed that just to just to prove that I could use the other side of my brain. You know I felt like it was wow. a lot of um 
in the moment type of um, work as a teacher. And I also need, I needed to know that I could think um, strategically. And then also, um, you know, kind of like that scope and sequence, like, can I see the big picture and then can I carry it out as well? And I think that um, that computer science training and um, especially with like IT strategy, that was, that was really helpful. Cool. Yeah. Computer science, IT, uh, other things that, yeah, my brain's just not <laughs> wired the same, but I love that. So no matter what our passion for the younger, younger generation comes from, like mm-hmm. the, there, there's a need for all of us to get in this game and, oh, no pun intended. Whoa, game, what a right? segue. Anyway, so, but, but I, and that's, what's interesting is, is mm-hmm. what you're doing now is, you know, and so you got the, the degree, uh, but then you co-founded this this new company called mm-hmm. Better Play Studios. And so talk to me about Better Play Studios and w- what you guys are doing. Yeah, so Better Play Studios came about, well, my, my co-founder and I, um, we uh, both independently, um, you know, just struggled during the pandemic like most of us did and uh, both kind of turned to gaming uh, as a way to feel a little bit more human. Um, I, I certainly grew up playing video games, Nintendo 64, Game Boy, um, really into Pokemon, like loved it. Um, and then um, during the pandemic, we, we both kind of recognized um, that gaming was a part of us, uh, you know, kind of feeling more human again and just like kind of, um, yep. it helped, it was part of like a, like a mental health routine. Like I will, I will not say that gaming is like the only thing you need, but, um, you know, much like people exercise or, you know, have a healthy diet, like playing games is fun and it's important to take time to play and to have fun. And, um, that, that really helped us. And so, um, both my, my co-founder and I have worked together for about six years in two different jobs. We actually worked at Concordia University together. And then, um, we both, um, we, we, we have the same daytime employer. So, we, um, with our daytime employer, had the opportunity to work with the Milwaukee Bucks um, esports team. And I'm, I'm from Milwaukee, so like I love the Bucks. This was like yeah. an, an incredible opportunity. And uh, long story short, we worked with them to create a psychometric app that helped them uh, manage their um, stress and their emotions uh, during their finals run. And they That's made incredible. Dude, it ruled. It ruled. Okay. And let me tell you this. It <laughs> made, like, you guys might not know this, but like in the gaming world, like it's been called the greatest esports uh, turnaround in history. Like they won the championship oh. and that was like life-changing money for- Did you get a ring like then? You should have got a ring. I, I did not get a ring. You know, actually, we should have thought, you're right. Yeah. I, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Hold on. Hey, dinner, uh, did you get dinner with the Greek freak at least, Giannis? Well, this is the esports team, so um, it's not quite the not quite the same. Um, but we, we did get to interact. We did get to interact with the the people on the esports team. It happens to be all guys, and then uh, we know their their GM pretty well. But that's for for our day job. And you know, my co-founder Michael and I, we were both like, hey, you know, we don't really want to be making apps. Like that's great for for work, like our day job. But we want to create something on our own. That's that is more gaming focused. And so uh, we decided to do something different where we're, we just said, hey, we're gonna create video games with the help of leading psychologists that have a positive impact on mental health that people can play and feel good about themselves and feel and, and make, you know, make actual progress. And um, we refuse to sacrifice any of the fun. Like these games have to be fun. So, yeah. you know, that is like a non-negotiable. So that's I how saw your, I saw on your website is said no edutainment here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You know why? And, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you why, because like, again, I taught eighth grade. So like, I know 
that kids who have like kids who respect their teachers will play the game if the teacher puts it in front of them and like they have a good relationship, but they're not bringing the game home. It's like, okay, let's go to the games where the people actually are and let's make these like really good. Right. Because we're Christians. We, we believe that we are a reflection of our creator. And um, when we make good things like good art, good games, whatever, like that's a, that's a reflection of God's love for us. And and I think um, we, we should want that. Like we should want, uh, whether you're an engineer or a plumber or a teacher or whatever it is you do, like you should, want to do good work because that's we are we are god's workmanship right because literally in the scriptures for so long like christian movies christian games Mm -hmm. they were always second class where whether it came to like the graphics or you know and then i guess like then it kind of like mel gibson comes in and makes passion of the christ (laughs) and it's like whoa there's a well-produced christian Mm -hmm. product out there it's possible and then red letter comes out and you're like wow (laughs) yeah there you go thanks chris mine's were blown one of the nicest things you've said to me about me thank you stuff anyway no that's that's great that's great well and, and yeah go ahead no i think that that your story's fascinating and and i'm really intrigued by because again, as a parent, like Chris mentioned earlier, I'd say one of our deepest struggles as parents is knowing what to do with screens and digital devices. And it's, yeah. it's, it's taxing, it's confusing, it's wearing, it's, well, it's nonstop. A, it's like, another nonstop job that yeah. you have as a parent. And, and yeah. I think you're, you know, as a older millennial, like we're still figuring out like life with these things at, at the same time. And so we're the, we're the first generation of parents that actually have kids with devices. And, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's just so much perceived as a negative. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not some negative things on these. So that's where I want to, yeah. Well, maybe and talk, very talk rarely does a parent say, why don't you just go back <laughs> on your video phone? Games. Go play some video games, buddy. You know? So yeah. What's, what's your response to that or how can parents, cause obviously I, you know, everything I've ever heard or listened to anyone else is like limitations, mm-hmm. moderate, you know, moderation. Yeah. But so, so what does that look like? Is it, are, are you saying no, no limits, no moderation, go for it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. You know, that's, that's funny that you'd say that. So, um, so just personally, um, I don't like social media. I'm just going to put it out there. Like I use it because yeah. I have to, in some ways, like for my job, but I'm not high on social media. And then I'll just be honest. My kids don't use tablets. So, um, I don't like, I also don't like smartphones. Like if I could go back to a dumb phone, I totally would. And I'm actually like thinking about like how I could do that. So I, I do think, um, it's important to remember, like not all tech is created equal. So, um, so I do think, um, being aware of that. And then, and then also, um, within your own family system, it's like, you know, coming up with what works as a family and really being open with those, with those conversations. Um, so, so I don't, I don't know that I have like any like hard science to, to support this, but in, in my family, for example, um, we, I, I tend to not let my kids play the switch, like on the console itself. Like I want them to play on the TV. So it's like a shared experience. Like I, mm. I really, um, that's, that's something that we've decided as a family is good for us. Um, and then um, just knowing um, knowing what's out there. So you know, you know, before the before the show, you know, we were talking, uh, or you need sent me a question about um, you know what's changed, what's changed in video games. Yeah. Um, so much, you know, right? <laughs> so much since probably since um, either of you did you, did you either of you play video games? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, and, when, yeah. And, and when I grew up, it was, yes, yeah, Nintendo 64 my, and PlayStation my, and, and Madden. My, and James so Bond, my, I think, was the first. Oh, GoldenEye. Like, GoldenEye. Oh, 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 so uh, yeah. GoldenEye was so good. So okay. that's what I grew up with. Yeah, but so. I, we probably have a ton of listeners that haven't played a video game since then. And so, yeah, update us on what they're like now. And not to age yeah. myself, but my first system was the Atari 2600, complete with combat. What's up? You can actually buy that again. Did you know that? It, it just went for, up for sale again, which is crazy. Really? But yeah, yeah. I mean, so I know. I'm sorry, did that make you feel old? I'm sorry. Basketball, and it was a square basketball, and you. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> That's great. great. Oh my gosh. Well, so I think I think it's just making sure um, whatever your kids are playing, it's making sure that you know it and like you understand it, and that you don't have to be like um, you know helicopter parenting them, but but that you're conversant about what what they're doing, especially with things like Fortnite. Like I actually really like Fortnite, and I like to watch streamers who play Fortnite. I personally don't play it very much, though. I just really like the streamer um, experience. But you know, that's probably because because I'm so young. Just kidding, I'm not. But um, just these college students, they're they're having an impact. But um, I think I think you know, like the the tech has greatly improved. So just being aware, like the art style. So I think this is actually a really good thing. But like games are beautiful. So if y'all yeah. played um, Ocarina of Time, like The Legend of Zelda on the N64. That game has been called the greatest game of all time, but you know there's a new Zelda game that just came out, Tears of the Kingdom. And when I say that um, the intro scene brought me to tears, I'm not even lying because the art is so beautiful. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but like the art is so beautiful, and it's like got this like borderline Christological, you know, plot narrative. And it's like these are things you can engage with, you know, engage in as a family. And like you can, my daughter could pick out the plot line of like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, another beautiful game that is very Christological. And um, oh man, it just it just gets you right in the feels. And and so so that's um that's like a positive thing, I guess. And then uh, knowing all about like what's called like an MMORPG, which is a massive multiplayer online role-playing game and that means you can play online with like a ton of different people and you're role-playing and so popular examples would include like world of warcraft the star wars games final fantasy um you know obviously uh, mobile gaming has come a long way um and then just like the social aspect of gaming you know like roblox i think has like well like 70 million daily my son loves that game he plays it all the time yeah yeah so is he social when he plays uh, yeah, so he, but he's kind of an introvert, so sometimes he turns off the social stuff and he just kind of yeah. like, yeah, but he plays that and he's got, for Christmas last year, all he wanted was, he's into cars, so all he wanted was like the $200 steering wheel so he could play Forza and so I, awesome. I I got it for him, and then I tried to drive it, and I kept piling it into the road. <laughs> but you tried. I mean, that's I so important, right? I did, yeah. But no, you're right. Like, it's really come a long way, yeah. and it, it's amazing. Like, so many of my like juniors and seniors in in the school, like, they they come to school, and that's like what they're talking about. Hey, right. we just one v one, two v two, something. You know, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but that. It would be so great. And I love this idea of kind of taking something and then flipping it around and saying, whoa, mm-hmm. this is something that could actually help with your mental health. Mm-hmm. This is something that could actually, it, you know, we wouldn't have to patrol as parents as much. Yeah. So how does it help mm-hmm. with your mental health? I think I've heard you say a few things of like, we can appreciate mm-hmm. the beauty and we can appreciate the art. Uh, there's certainly a social aspect that uh, if, you know, if you're on a you know, a remote or headset, like that's good that you're being social. And so, so I can see those things potentially is, are there other aspects or yeah, what is it, how Mm -hmm. can it positively affect mental health? 
Yeah, I mean, so so just to be honest, like there is a lot of like gaming research is is new. It's like it's like fifteen to twenty years old. Um, I mean, there's some gaming research that goes back to the seventies, but um, you know, games like we understand, you know, today, um, the the research is is a little bit um, it's a little too early to like really tell exactly. But there is really good emerging research out there. So so one thing I would say is that gaming could be part of a healthy routine uh, in order to keep like the whole you healthy. So like I had mentioned before, you know, you exercise, you eat a healthy diet, you stay active, you read, you play video games. It's a part of it. It's like training your brain. It's like learning a new skill. Um, you know, one of my professor colleagues um, taught herself how to play Xbox as a way to combat um, Alzheimer's and dementia because she wanted to learn a new skill. And she was in her almost 70s at the time. Wow. So I think that's something to think about. Um, she just beat me then, on Fortnite last night, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, right? Wait to trigger finger that lady. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Oh, wow. man. So so I think I think that's, you know, one way to look at it. And then um, the connectedness and relaxation um, is pretty important. Um, so, you know, you know, at Better Play, we work with a team of psychologists who use gaming in their, you know, in their respective practices. So they're actual mental health professionals that they're saying gaming holds over my patients while they're waiting to be seen. Like it is a, it is a way to, to de-stress while they while they can't be seen immediately when they're in crisis. Um, you know, it's a way to like kind of um, mellow out. Um, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, and, and I think too, like one of one of my favorite researchers um, works for this organization called Take This, and what they do is they um, they um, focus especially on gaming and mental health, and they're the only organization that I found that does that. And so Rachel Cowart is her name, and um, so she she said that you know games satisfy our basic psychological needs. Uh, we need competency, we need autonomy, and we need connectedness. And so if you think about like the COVID nineteen pandemic when we were all locked down, mm. um, gaming was a way that a lot of people stayed healthy, you know, um, yeah. Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley. I mean, it kept people social, it kept them connected. Um, and that's how people saw their friends. And so, um, you know, I think, I think that, you know, video games are hiding in plain sight as something that, that could be really good for people. It's cool. How, how big is, explain how big the video game industry is. And maybe if you can break yeah. down anything generationally or uh, age, um, gender, that, that would be good to hear. And are you looking to knock out EA? <laughs> no you're not looking at a sports it's, it's in, in the, the game. game yeah i mean yeah that, that's that's what unlike the, that's the cycle in my brain for my childhood um <laughs> but it's been been a minute now um actually i heard i actually heard the um the former ceo of ea talk here in, in michigan at an event and just like what that organization has done is, yeah. is impressive um you know there's some there's also some like impressively bad things they've done too so i don't want to sure, like, sure you know pain with you know this show the positive side um, but okay, so how big is the video game industry? So here, I'll, I'll kind of frame it in a couple different ways. So uh, money-wise, uh, about three hundred billion dollars by twenty twenty-seven. Um, people, some people say it's pushing that right now, um, but that's you know give or take. And then there's about um, one hundred twenty million monthly gamers uh, worldwide. So that's people who are like using um, like subscription models or like they're very actively uh, gaming every single month. So massive. Um, and then here, put this in perspective, because you guys might seem like football fans. Is that yeah. true? Mm -hmm. like football? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, 2019 uh, League of Legends tournament, the championship, uh, more people watch that than the Super Bowl. Wow. So, but we can't see it. It's invisible to us, right? So like right. that 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 statistic blows minds. When we talk to, we're in the middle of a, of a, a capital raise right now. We're raising our um, our seed money. And um, when, we, when we share that statistic with people, they're always like, wait, what? 
Like they, the people don't get it, right? Because you can't see the people in the seats, right? It, it's it's a different yeah. experience. That's crazy um, because everybody I know has watched the Super Bowl, but I don't know of anybody that I know because I'm 50 years old um, mm -hmm. that has said you got to go watch that League of Legends final. You know, like that's yeah. that's insane. Uh, that's, right. that's mind blowing. Yeah, and I think too, I think it's um it's global. So I think there's that aspect. Also, I don't to know it, why I use that voice. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it sounded, no, it sounded really natural. Yeah, I know it's like really a video manly, game yeah. manly voice. I don't know why I use that. Oh my <laughs> Kill me. But even even to like put it in perspective this way, um, I'm a huge NBA fan. Like my husband and I love the NBA. I'm a Bucks fan, he's a Timberwolves fan. Mm. And um one way to look at it is like like um the NBA. It, it, there's a lot of culture there. Like they tend to, they tend to trend set in the NBA fashion wise, um, you know, NBA players can date a Kardashian like that. That says something. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, when uh, on the Minnesota Timberwolves, I believe it was like Nas Reed joined them, Anthony Edwards, like first question he asks yeah. is, do you play Call of Duty? So it's like, that's prolific. Like that is like, like we're in the NBA, like, we, like everyone's doing this. It's huge in, you know, among pro sports teams. Um, and then also uh, senior citizens game, like a ton like a lot more than you probably think. Like it would be reasonable, excuse me, I just like hit my mic because I'm so passionate. Um, it would be reasonable for either of you on a shut-in visit to go ask the people you're visiting, like what games have you played? <laughs> because that's how many people are gaming. So it's grown about 38% since 2018. Wow. And you know, at first I was like, no way, like no way, no chance. Like I'm picturing like my grandparents. And then I remembered like, oh yeah, my grandpa was a PC gamer. He was, he was doing like the, the Microsoft, uh, you know, like those uh, pilot simulator games. And like, <laughs> they love like solitaire and like, yeah. you know, those mobile apps, Candy Crush, oh, like yeah. they love that stuff. So, right. you know, senior citizens, man, they, they're here for it. That's cool. And, and, and with all that, I, I, I believe, yeah, so we have senior citizens, but, mm -hmm. uh, and we have people of all ages, but like, amongst younger generation, like those numbers yeah. are crazy high, right? That are, are gaming. Oh yeah. I think it's like, it's gotta be like two thirds at this point, um, gaming. And then uh, roughly of Gen Z, um, half are women. So I think there's this stigma. Um, yeah. I was going to ask about that. Is it, it, yeah. it and, and I would imagine first off, like there's probably, and I, maybe I'm ignorant and I'm wrong. You tell me I am. I would imagine there's not too many f females doing your work and you can tell me if I'm wrong. And then I would also yeah. think that in gaming, I would think it's mostly a male hobby. Uh, I'll take that one. You're wrong and you're wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> I probably am. No, honestly, um, you know, I can only go from my own experience. Um, I feel like on the like games for good kind of um, angle, because, um, you know, we're technically not like a, we're technically not like a Christian company. It just so happens that my co-founder and I are both Christians and we, we really want to, you know, we want our faith to in impact everything we do. Right. So we are a Christian company in that way. But um, in our space where it's like, we're kind of like in the human humanitarian well um i should say it more like the humanistic side of gaming is it probably a better way to say it um because there are humanitarian games and those are different we're more um games for good is like how i would how i would frame it um it, there are a lot of women um more than more than you might expect yeah. um but i will say it is definitely a male-dominated industry still um and then um you know we can talk more about this later if you want but um that's something that that folks in the in the gaming industry experience is like there is like a lot of toxic behavior toward women and, and marginalized people so that that's still something that um, does have a negative impact on mental health and yeah. and such what do you think the church's response has been to the video game industry apparently you've okay. never seen bible man <laughs> wasn't that a video game or that is a movie i think i heard about this actually yeah, that was really cheesy i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> no no it's fascinating yeah. um 
so so here's the thing i want to answer it and then i want you guys to answer it okay, okay right. so so what yeah. i think is that the church has been largely silent um and maybe at best has like kind of taken the same perspective as the church has on social media um you know it, i saw a lot of like I, I was a small a small child during the columbine um you know shooting and i think you know we, we heard about all oh, the, these guys they played their violent video games and they listened yeah. to music and i think people you know um, really look for, for something to blame, um, yeah. when, when there's crisis. Um, so I think that the church is probably, the church at large is probably guilty of that. Um, and then also just being silent. Um, I think that a lot of people are afraid, um, that they're going to look immature if they, if they admit that they play games, like there's already, um, a, a lot of guys are probably ashamed that they play because they're like, oh, I'm going to be labeled like a deadbeat dad. If I say that I play a video game, mm-hmm. um, a lot of women either don't like, maybe they're maybe they're just not comfortable saying it or maybe they're just like okay with it but it's not like the first thing they tell people um i don't know i mean so i think the church is the church could probably um you know engage the conversation a little bit more and um almost treat it like music or almost treat it like other media it's like hey like let's let's um let's appreciate good art and like good technology here and and this it doesn't have to be like you know Jesus, you know, Jesus songs all the time when you're talking about music, or it doesn't have to be like, um, you know, Martin Luther's quest. That's like a real game. You know, there's like, you can follow Martin Luther through his, his um, journey. I don't really, I can't remember the name of it. Exactly. It doesn't have to be that. Right. But, um, you know, we can make good. really good things. Well, yeah. to, to, to answer it, as somebody who's been in youth ministry for 20 years, one of my most popular things that we do at youth night, and we have two Xboxes, right. Yeah. And, and we would, um, we would play hockey um, and we would, um, like it, all of a sudden somehow we could get like six people playing and it was always filled. And of course you kind of like, mon- like I didn't let them download call of duty, you know, <laughs> right. like that. but, um, it was one of those things where like the shy kids and the popular kids mm-hmm. would all get sit down at the same place. And that was kind of this, I don't know. It was almost like a, like a melting pot so much yeah. because like most kids game. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're the coolest kid or the nerdiest kid, they're all playing. And it's one thing that I could get them all to sit down and like talk together, mm. you know? Um, so for me, it was great. Um, yeah. I mean, I had other youth directors, like they treated it like I had a Ouija board in there or something, right. but, I know. you know, but I'm like, dude, it's okay. Like yeah. they're doing this at home. Let's, you know, let's just monitor it and yeah. mm-hmm. it can be really great. Yeah. I would answer it. Yeah. I think non-existent. <clears throat> Um, in most cases, and and when it has been or is talked about, it's it's negative, yeah. for sure. I, I'm thinking of like the, you know, the pastors that will preach and and make fun of the 28 year old living in your parents' basement playing your video mm-hmm. game sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. That you sounds know, amazing. That sort of language. <laughs> it's non-existent, but when it does come up, it's that mm-hmm. sort of language of shaming and, and, and I, maybe I've said something like that. Yeah, I you, don't know, you have. uh, 10, yeah. 16 years. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe I have. And, and again, so it's, you've said a lot of stuff, but I, I see, I, but what I'm thinking in, in, in all of this is like, gosh, this feels like a major missed opportunity mm. overall for yeah. the church, Agreed. uh, for pastors. And then again, I don't want to just make, make this everybody else's like, I have two sons and my younger son, my older son doesn't really video game much. My younger son loves it. And so like, although we did have a compelling game of Jackbox at the Zenders last game, night, actually. You ever play Jackbox? 
Love a good Jackbox party. Oh, so good. Love Are you playing TKO, the T-shirt game where you draw? Oh, that's so good. Yes. So, so good. good. So good. And that's a that's a good example, I think, of of entering in. But there's mm-hmm. other times when like my younger son Brady will play Fortnite and it's like, nope, mm-hmm. you have this limited time, even though you're playing with your buddies and playing with right. your friends, it's your thing, it's on your own device. And like I haven't mm-hmm. entered in as a parent of maybe maybe I should play Fortnite with, with just Brady. Give it a shot. Maybe yeah. that'd be a bonding moment. It's but pretty, I'm just thinking like fun. missed yeah. opportunities. Are are we missing mm-hmm. is this a major is the video game industry mm-hmm. a major missed opportunity? For the church and for Christians, especially with Gen Z, but probably even more gen, more than that, is that how you see it? And maybe talk to us about what we can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking right away. Like, I, I agree with everything you said. And um, you know, my husband was just telling me he um, has a, a barber he's been seeing since we moved here, and um, his barber's uh, nephew, you know, was at the at his last haircut, and he ended up talking to the nephew about. about 14 years old, talked to him like the entire haircut about uh, video games. And, you know, the kid, you know, came and found him after the haircut and was like, hey, thanks for talking to me. That was really cool. I didn't know people, I didn't know you gamed. And it was awesome to have that in common. And they they just really, um, they really hit it off. And so I, I absolutely I heard, I heard that he tapped him up too after that. Well, he, yeah, they actually, he did. Yeah, he tapped him up. It was great. Like it Weird. was, it, like was um, yeah. it was a moment. Crazy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a great moment, but I think um, it, it goes beyond that too. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, we, we can, as far as like discipleship goes, I mean, it, it's, it's a huge opportunity uh, for people to just have like real connections and, um, you know, something that um, one of my, my husband's uh, seminary professors, Dr. Herman, would always say is, you know, toys are tools for playing with people. Mm. And that's absolutely true with video games. It's like these are tools for you to engage with other people. And yes, of course, it's OK to play, you know, a video game by yourself, you decompress, make sure you're thinking about how you use it. But um, but, it, you know, it's absolutely something that, that you can connect with others on. And, um, you know, even um, just in some of our research, like we were recently accepted into a National Science Foundation program um, that um, helped us do rapid market research. And so we talked to about 40 mental health professionals, all who are very pro-gaming and, and say, absolutely, we use gaming in our practice. And um, often for, for some folks who are really young people really struggling with, you know, a mental health challenge, um, gaming is a way to, to de-escalate. So if something's going on, like it, it really just like helps you like settle down and, you know, kind of like the, the mask comes off. You can be yourself. You're kind of next to each other. You're engaged in something together. Um, it's it's really it can be really special. So why uh, you just mentioned, you know, you talked to 40 mental health experts that are all pro gaming. Why, why do we never hear the positive stuff? You like, know, that's a really good there's point. There's clearly lots of research and, and study out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously you guys fa- founded a company that is going to be promoting the positive, but why do we never hear it? You know, I think, I think there's like a political aspect to it. And I think, um, and just in the, in the broadest sense of the word, um, I think anytime you hear like, um, a really extreme headline, like, even if it's a good thing, like video games are the best thing to happen to your kid or video games are the worst thing to happen to your kid. There's probably an agenda there. And I think, um, you know, it, it is really hard to um, discern uh, good news, um, like what what's like valid, and and so I don't I don't know why we don't always hear it. I mean, I think I think a lot of it has to do with it's boring, like it's not a good story. Um, people <laughs> have nothing to blame. Like honestly, like there's there is moral panic. Like I think there's people clutching their pearls. Like what will you know? I think people are afraid to say my son's depressed. I, honestly, I think people are. Like, my daughter has anxiety. She might have OCD. You know, like people are afraid of that. And um, one thing that um, one of the psychologists that we talked to. Um, 
um, shared is that, um, you know, gaming addiction is not actually recognized on the DSM-5. Like, so, so really you, you shouldn't be using that term. I mean, I'm not a, you know, a mental health professional, but, but I'm, I'm really what's uncomfortable. The, what's the DSM-5 for those that aren't yeah, familiar, mm-hmm. which might include. So that's like, that's like the, like the standard um, list of um, mental health conditions. Okay. And, and that's probably like all I should say, because it's really not my area. And I want to be true. clear about that. We, we work with experts, wow. but, um, but, you know, it's, it's where um, diseases and, and mental health, um, you know, issues are, are identified. Right. So, um, video game addiction, you know, quote unquote, does not meet the criteria for addiction at this point. And a lot of researchers agree with that. And um, so, so I think one thing that um, a psychologist we talked to pointed out was that if you think, you know, someone in your family has um, video gaming addiction and you treat the underlying mental health issues, usually their gaming returns to a, a normal level for that family system. So, so I think a lot of folks, like it, it's easier to blame video games for big problems mental health issues, mass shootings. I mean, I'm not trying to go dark on us, but like, yeah. it's easier. Like, oh, just blame the video games, blame social media, blame TikTok, whatever, you know. Um, we we have to recognize to the root that. issues, right? Yeah. Exactly. So how do you know, okay, so I, this is kind of mind-boggling to me uh, and, and mind open, like opening my mind mm-hmm. to this, this whole positive side of, of video games and thinking about it in that way. How do you know when it crosses the line from positive to negative? Because there's clearly got to be some negative stuff out there because we hear about it all the time. Okay. And and okay. clearly there are games that, uh, you I know, when you look at the premise and what the images and video may be beautiful, but it's not good art to look at or appropriate art to look at. Um, and so how, how do you know when, when the line is crossed from this could be a positive gaming experience to know this is, this is something you got to be careful of and, and probably even negative. Thanks, Zach. I'll take this. Um, so when your kid is hiding behind a tree uh, dressed in a Fortnite costume with a paintball gun and splatters you on the way to work, I'd say that's unhealthy. So has that happened to you recently? Three times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was going to say, just you, you wear the wounds, you know, I mean, I just feel like, you know, I, I didn't out. think that would come up, but yeah. Right. So thank you. But yeah, how do you, how do you know when it, when it changes from this is, and could be a positive experience to this is probably mm-hmm. more on the negative side. What, what, what are some things to look out for? Cause what I don't want to yeah. do, and I think you're probably right with, or I think you'd probably agree is I don't want to just uh, someone to listen to this and been cool. No holds barred. Video games are great. Have at it kids. Mm. <laughs> Cause I think like, ah, there's probably something still there <laughs> to limitation. So yeah. Walk me through that. Yeah. So I think, I think overall, um, again, um, there, the research is still emerging, you know, yeah. over a lot of the stuff. So I think, um, there, there is, there is good open science that suggests that, uh, video games, um, can make you make better behavioral choices, but there's actually no research supporting, um, them that video games may help you make worse choices. So that's, that's a positive thing. But, um, but to answer your question, um, I, w- I would say like, make sure you're having these conversations in the open as a family. So um, what do, how do we feel about gaming? How do we want to handle this as a family? Um, how do we make these decisions? And then I would say um, as well, you know, like make sure, like I said, I think I said this like twice before, but it's like, are you, are you active? Like it's some of the common sense things of like, are you, do you have a healthy lifestyle? And then is gaming infringing on that? Um, so, because, you know, you, you know, if you're sitting a lot or if you're, um, if you're not being social in gaming and you're not being social, you know, and you're not going to the park and playing with your friends and you're not connecting at school, you know, maybe it's time to talk to someone about that and just and get some, get some help, you know. Um, and then also um, there is, there is research that, that supports um, some of the negative sides of gaming that involve, um, you know, just like toxic behavior. Um, how, how, as a family, how do we want to handle it when someone 
you know, use as a racial slur. Like, what are we going to do about that? Are we going to stand by and like, let it happen? What if it's directed at, you know, my child? Like, how, how are we going to handle that? Um, what about sexism in video games? Um, you know, anti-Semitism is a huge problem. So even, you know, no matter how you feel about the LGBTQ community, it's like they do endure a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, pain and suffering in these, in these social environments. So it's like, how, you know, how do we as Christians want to, um, want to navigate that. And I think it's, it's having those conversations as a family and making sure that, um, that your child is like aware of, of what, you know, what could happen. You know, like my daughter, she's seven. She asked me when she could start playing Fortnite. And I, you know, I was just pretty honest with her. I was like, you know, I don't think you're, I don't think you're ready for that yet. Like, I think, you know, I'm not really ready. And I know she could play in like a, in like a more um, like closed off uh, environment, but I, I just don't think we're ready for like the social aspects of gaming. And I think that's where a lot of the, the negativity comes and a lot of um, the issues happen. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because when you invite, you know, the, the world, you, you don't know, know who's who. on the other yeah. side of that. Right. So setting exactly. boundaries and could be Zach. You know, <laughs> fairness, maybe uh, we never maybe. know. Yeah. Oh, man, this yeah. has been mind. Yeah, mind opening for me. So walk. Tell me what you're doing at Better Play Studios. Do you guys have are you, are you, do you have video games already? Are you creating them? Like, what are, what are they going to be like? Yeah. So we're actually a very young company. We started in December of 2022 and we moved yeah. really, really fast. So we actually, um, we have a, like a, it's a, called a playable prototype. It's not truly a demo. Like a demo is like what's called a vertical slice where you get to see a little of everything with a game. Um, we, we, um, just have a playable prototype that we're using to, uh, to raise money with investors. So, uh, we are kind of doing the, the venture capital VC, um, angel investor route right now, and we're seeking our, our seed capital. So, um, our hope is to be funded, um, in fall or early winter and um and then at that point uh we would like to expand we would like to grow the company so we would be we begin you know work finishing our first game um which is called the outdwellers check it out on our website it's beautiful like the art is incredible and um it, it's just a really awesome game and then um and then we um we spent the last couple weeks uh, researching our secondary opportunities um, through that National Science Foundation program. Um, and so we're hoping to um, have a more collaborative relationship with folks in the mental health space and to um, just get get our games in front of more people. It's cool. This is yeah, this has been so interesting. And I think I'm, I'm walking away from this episode like, man, this is such a major missed opportunity up to this yeah. point. Oh, totally. Um, and and but it's still an opportunity because it's not gone away. Yeah, it's it's, it's oh. halftime. Yeah, it's not so the end of the game. It's not Come the on. end. So this is major, major, major opportunity for anyone mm-hmm. listening out there in church and ministry, even parents, mm-hmm. I think, of entering into our kids uh, hobbies and, and interests a little bit more to be with them mm-hmm. and spending time with them. And so thanks for shifting that that paradigm for me. Uh, if yeah, we ask all of our guests this question kind of towards the end here is if you could challenge our listeners to do one thing practically this week to be a greater disciple of Jesus, what what would you challenge them? Play to do? twelve hours of Fortnite <laughs> this weekend with your kid. Took the words right out of my mouth. No, <laughs> no I mean honestly, we are, like, we are a venture capitalists. Fun the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like that, right? The, those the, are two other challenges. What else? The underbelly of America. I'm um, no, it's been it's been it's been a while. I'll tell you that much. Um, so I would, you know, I, I'd probably come back to what I said earlier about uh, toys or tools for playing with people. So if you don't game, I would suggest try try a game, whether it's on the Switch or the Xbox or you know, I'm not I'm not high on mobile, but if that's if that's what you got, like try 
try something on mobile, try something different and use it as a way to connect with someone in your life. Like maybe your kids, your grandkids, neighbor kids. Remember the average gamer is 35. So there's a lot of people you can connect with. Um, if um, if you do game, get out of your comfort zone. Uh, try a tabletop game. I know we didn't talk about tabletop games, yeah. but try a board game, you know, try something different or like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, um, take your, you know, take your kids or your grandkids to an old school arcade, school them on Donkey Kong, you know, just try something different and use it as a way to connect with people. And it's a, it's a way that you can kind of start, you know, having more meaningful conversations. You connect on their level and yeah, just get out of your comfort zone. I love it. In my school office, um, I have a pretty big office and I have a retro uh, video game cabinet with 400 games. And so at lunch, like kids will come have lunch with me and play Donkey Kong. And they're like, how'd you get to level seven? I'm like, cause that's what we did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Red Letter Disciples. If you take that challenge on hashtag Red Letter Disciple and let us know what video game or what other game you're playing. We want to support and cheer you on and think that's really cool that you're taking that challenge on to, to again, build a bridge and, and relationship and empathy i think that's why i wanted to have this specific segment in our our gen z sort of mini series because so many of them are doing it and rather than just negative 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 let's find out all the information out there and actually enter in and see that maybe there's some good in some of this too and so that 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 was awesome so chris what you got for vanessa so vanessa lane (laughs) of betterplaystudios.com trying to make a better video game for the world i know we have a lot of listeners Go to betterplaystudios.com and, well, become a venture capitalist, number (laughs) one. But here's the game that I have for you. You've educated us so much on video games today. And I think Zach's going to be a little bit more gentle when it comes to screen time with his kids. But I I feel like you're on the ground floor of something great. Like Mm -hmm. when those initial people got together with the DeVos family and heard about Amway and they were on the opening All right, so I want to be on the ground level with you at BetterPlaceStudios.com. You're and, always seeking opportunity for games through this podcast. For your personal oh All right, this is what I want to do. I'm going to pitch to you, just to you, Okay. three of these games that I've been working on in development. Now, I know you're not, per se, a Christian company, but wouldn't you agree that we need to up the quality of Christian products Yes, no doubt. Like if you gave a kid a Christian video game and said, this is a Christian video game, they're going to turn their nose up at you, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. here are three games. I need you to pick the best one. And then maybe, maybe, just maybe, we after this podcast, we make out some kind of deal. Okay, here we go. First game, Vanessa. It's called Den of Thieves. Now, I know you said you are not a mobile fan, but I'm picturing this as a 99-cent iOS game. Okay, let me break it down. Okay. It's based on the verse. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said, and it's written, my house shall not, uh, shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And maybe that like is dramatically done at the beginning, right? I can just see like a Star Wars... (laughs) deep voice and then all of a sudden you see hands and you're weaving together a whip because you're jesus and then it's a time game vanessa it's a time game you first have to weave the whip and then you run to the temple you overturn the the tables and you scare the money changers away but here's the thing over all the money changers there's a bar and it says fear and the more you whip and turn tables the more the bar fills up right and then 
and then you have to free the animals, and then you bless the remaining crowd. Quickest time wins. That's just number one, okay? Oh, oh my. No, I got two more. This one's quicker. This one's called Survivor. Not like the TV show, and I hope they don't sue me. Yeah. This has nothing to do with that. Let me let me tell. So picture this: you're the firstborn male in your family, and uh oh, the plague's just hit. <laughs> uh, you know what that means, guys? Can you survive, Zach? Water turning into blood, the frogs, the dreaded lice, the menacing boils, the death of your livestock, the annoying locusts—they're so annoying, Zach. And then. Complete darkness, and of course, the final one, killing of the firstborn child. Your heart will race as you attempt to save your own life. Okay, that's number two. Final one. Wow. Okay. This one's called, it's a little bit, it's a little bit funnier. Okay. Those were pretty intense. This one's called Billy Up. (laughs) Belly Up. All right. It's not about drinking. Uh, During his sea journey, a great storm appears, and Jonah's thrown overboard and swallowed by a huge whale. You've heard it. So then that's when the real action happens. You're in the belly of the whale and you've got to collect that. You're going around, you're getting fish, you're trying to eat, you're trying to stay alive. So you got a bar that's like starvation, water, you know, excitement. You're trying to keep those bars up like the sim, you know, like the sims. Love the sims. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the sims. And then, uh, you know, you're in there for three days and then you finally have to figure out how to ask God for forgiveness. And then, you got to go begrudgingly complete your mission in Nineveh, but I, that's just kind of afterthought. Side quest. Side quest. Okay. Thank you. Side yeah. quest. Yeah. yeah. So which one do you think, um, I don't know, which one do you think Better Play Studios wants to partner on with me? <laughs> okay. So, you know, what What really hit me that, that you really have a good understanding of, um, and I'm going to give a shout out to our executive advisor, Bob Welch. He invented the Boppet and worked on the Civilization game. Are you serious? Like Dude, it's on the website. Go check it out. It rolls That's incredible. We play that. Yeah. We play that. Bop it. Slap yeah, it. That was, he invented that. That's, he's advising us. So, like, we, we know a thing or two through him. We know a thing or two about entertainment. Wow. One one thing that you that you just, like, nailed was, like, having, like, that bar, um, you know, on top of you. Just, like, you, you, have, to, yeah. Yeah, you have to, like, um, you have to be, you know, tracking that. People that, yeah. that sit fun. And then also, um, like, the the levels, like the Sims, like, you have to be able to track what you're doing. Like, we have we have a, a mechanism like that in our game. So I'd probably, man, you know, that, that last one, though, Belly Up, was pretty oh, fun. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that has some, like, that has some viral uh, game capacity. I think yeah, yeah. Um, you might struggle a little bit with user acquisition, but, um, but I'm here for it. I don't know what that like, means. Yeah, you know, someday, you know, I think, and I think like too, like you really get the body language, like you're really ready for like a VC pitch. Like, I, I that's think what I'm saying. Like, I could go on yeah. Shark Tank right now with belly up, say Shark Tank. Belly belly up. Up. Yeah, yeah. I think like the, the art would be beautiful, a beautiful yeah. art style. Yeah. So, go. which one do you want? Belly up? You know, um, I, I think I got to go belly up on that one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk this afterwards. This whole conversation, I think, just went belly up. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. But... <laughs> All right. In the best way possible. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I hope so. We'll see. But hey, Vanessa. But this... I thought it was funny when I said, uh-oh. <laughs> it was good. No, it was First good. Uh-oh. Plague's just hit. There's uh, a voice actor out there that's going to be like, I got my job. Like, this is actually, it. Actually, you know? I need to talk to you about that. Uh, in your first video game that you make, I have a pretty compelling voice, and I'll do it really <laughs> cheap. So, I mean, I mean yeah, you've, you, I've heard it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Super humble. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Vanessa, this has been a really fun conversation and, again, eye-opening for us. So, and for all everybody that listens. So, hey, if people want to connect with you, what you're doing at Better Place Studios, where can they find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. And then you can honestly just send me an email, lane at betterplacestudios.com or um, fill out our form on our website. We'd love to, we, we talk to everybody. We'd love to connect with you. Cool. Awesome. Very good, Vanessa. Well, thank you so much for stopping by the Red Letter Disciple. I got to go because I got to go play some video games. Hey, Well, I told you, I told you this conversation would be eye-opening. I had it a couple of months ago with Vanessa, even though you just heard it today. I had it, yeah, like I said, a couple of months ago, and I've been since this more involved with my kids as they've been playing their video games, more intentional. And so thank you, Vanessa, for sharing an important conversation and reminding me of the opportunity and potential that I have to even disciple my own kids in my own home through this. So, hey, if you want to connect with Vanessa, if you want to see what's happening with Better Place Studios, or again, take that free spiritual gift test that I mentioned on the front side, or just get the highlights and the links from today's show. You can check them all out at redletterpodcast.com. One convenient place for all the links and highlights from today's episode. Next week, I'm bringing a dealer onto the podcast. A dealer. A hope dealer, that is. Don't, don't worry. Gloria Umana has dazzled stages across the world with her spoken word and creativity and is now on a journey to bring hope to the world. She teaches us in this episode the importance of like just looking somebody in the eye, how everyone has the ability to be creative, and all of her story and passion. It, it truly stems from a powerful story in her own life that she will re- retell. She will talk about the moment where she was getting ready to walk out the door to attempt to end her life in the radical way in which God showed up. Man, this one was really, really powerful. So promise me you won't miss it. How do you not miss it? Subscribe or follow. It'll automatically show up on your feed next week. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or my personal fave, I don't know if you know this, but all these episodes are on video on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe or follow. So that way, automatically, you'll see this really powerful episode with Gloria. And we can't wait to see you back next week for The Red Letter Disciple. A Huda Media Production.